to be able to experience the full blessing of what it means to be a child of God is to already have their will aligned. And the only way you can have your will in check is to learn how to be obedient as a child. Obedience precedes the freedom that we have in Christ because you and I know that God's freedom is not anarchy, but it's us being set free within very specific constraints. Father, son, daughter, boss, employee, we shoulder so many different roles, but our job in all of them is the same. As you move through the world, a believer in Jesus, the impression of the Spirit in your life will be evident in the way you live out of these roles. In the light of that higher purpose, we will express His love. Now let's join Pastor Daniel in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 for part one of our message entitled, Messy Relationships. One of the greatest concerns in the media, in our own lives, is the issue of authority. What is authority? How is it meant to function? Philosophers for centuries now talk about why power exists, who has it, how they use it. For those of you who were around in the, uh, in the 60s, you know what, I'm, you guys, I haven't even said anything. You're already starting to chuckle a little bit. You're like, yeah, yeah. You guys straight up rebelled against authority. That's what you did. You just pretty much said, we need to question authority and then you raise the whole generation of young people who you wonder why young people don't even like anything that has to do with authority. I'm not casting blame, but the question of power, hierarchy, and how that's meant to function has captivated the human heart. And we live in a generation now where, especially with our media, there's no respect for authority. There's no valuing of authority. Now, I'm going to lay all the cards on the table, and then we'll unpack it. Jesus has ultimate authority. So much so that Jesus, out of his own mouth, to his disciples at the end of Matthew 28, said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Like, that's a pretty bold statement from Jesus. He's saying, look, I'm God. But the way Jesus holds power, holds authority, is different than almost everybody. See, in our questioning, in our frustration with authority, we have thrown out the baby with the proverbial bathwater. Power and hierarchy are morally neutral. There is nothing inherently bad or good about hierarchy and power. 
It's all about how the person who has the power, who's at the top of the hierarchy, how they handle that power. That's where it either becomes something that is good or bad. Now, think about this. When most of us think of power, we think of something that's oppressive, right? Like someone has, you know, absolute power corrupts, and power corrupts absolutely. You guys have heard that old phrase. I think it was Nietzsche who said, everything's a power play. Because humans are broken, almost every example of power is oppressive. And so we automatically think power equals oppression. But Jesus, all authority in heaven and on earth, what did he do with that power? He lived a perfect life where he helped people all the way along. He died on a cross for the mistakes of other people. And he conquered death by being resurrected from the dead. Just because almost every example of power we see is oppressive doesn't mean we should throw it out because God's handling of power, of hierarchy, it's not oppressive, it's meant for flourishing. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you and I. He used his power in such a way that promotes human betterment and flourishing as opposed to oppression. Now, because that's the standard, the idea of power, hierarchy, roles within the people of God, although there are lines of authority, it's meant to be different. Didn't we see that last week as we looked at marriage, a total mess? That God placed men as the spiritual head of their homes, but what are they supposed to do with that headship? Dude, die, right? You die for your wife. You put her needs ahead of your own. You don't just say, well, listen, I'm the head. Make me dinner. Instead, you say, God has given me spiritual headship, and I'm going to spirit, I'm going to serve you as a leader. I'm going to look out for your best interests. I want to see you flourish. And what's interesting is for wives, we saw last week, they submit to that headship as they do unto the Lord. You don't really submit to your husband. You submit to the Lord, and the Lord says, I want you to submit to this man. See, so the issue of power, it's not an issue of power. It's an issue of the human heart. And so I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to see two more sets of relationships. Two more. We're going to see the relationship between parents and their children. And then we're going to see the relationship between slaves and their masters. Or if we were to update the language to today, employees and employers. Okay? And what we're going to find, as we found, is that Jesus asks all of us to live differently in light of his finished work and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what we're going to see in this chapter. We're going to see that it doesn't matter your role because our job is always the same. And that is to live our lives in such a way that takes into account Jesus and the Spirit. So no matter what your role is, we still function the same way. So Ephesians chapter 6, everyone find it there? If you're new to the Bible, just 
want you to open up. It's about the last, I don't know, about eighth of your Bible, per se. You got the New Testament, about the last third of your Bible. You have the four Gospels, the book of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Then you start having all these letters of Paul. So Ephesians is right there and towards the beginning of Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, and then Ephesians in chapter 6. So we're going to begin with children and their parents. And what's interesting is for those of you who are note takers, I know a lot of you are, there's a parallel section to this section in Colossians chapter 3 verse 20 through Colossians 4 verse 1. And I'm going to I'll, I'll be referencing those verses. I'll just tell you what they are so you can write them down. But I'm going to be using both sets of passages to be able to bring out the point. So there is a parallel passage here, Colossians 3, verses 20 to chapter 4, verse 1. So let's jump in. We'll begin with children and parents. It says in verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So now you notice we have three verses for children and one verse for fathers or by extension, parents. So it begins that we need to, for children, you need to learn to obey as children. That's our first point. You learn to obey as children. It starts very simply here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, all you parents with your kids sitting next to you are thinking, I'm hoping they're listening. And all of you kids are thinking to yourself, oh, come on, Pastor D. Seriously? But as we said for the wise with submission, right? Seriously. You need to learn obedience as children. Now, I want to unpack this because I chose the words learn to obey as children for a reason. And the reason I chose those words based on this passage is because we live in a day and age where you have TV shows like Nanny 911. You have shows that are similar, like the Wife Swap show, where you end up, if you've ever, any of you ever watched that show? It's a curious show. It's like what you end up having, you have a very rule-based mom, and they always have them swap with someone who's like really laissez-faire. And it's a total train wreck. Because you have like a, a parent who's very rigid, this is the way, a mom very like this, and then you put them with a in a house with a mom who's just like, ah, it's no big deal. What's the problem? And everybody gets broken in the process. It's a curious show. I watch it a couple of times. And I thank God, thank you for Lynn. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I'm not doing wife swap with anybody for any reason. But God's design within the unit of a family is for children to obey their parents. Notice, Obey your parents, what? In the Lord. The reason God wants children to learn to obey their parents is very important. Because when somebody comes to know Jesus Christ, they are set free in Jesus. And I'm here to tell you the only way, the only way for someone to be truly free 
in Christ is to have their will in check. The only way for a child to be able to experience the full blessing of what it means to be a child of God is to already have their will aligned. And the only way you can have your will in check is to learn how to be obedient as a child. Obedience precedes the freedom that we have in Christ because you and I know that God's freedom is not anarchy, but it's us being set free within very specific constraints. That's the problem when people talk about freedom today. People mean anarchy. And I'm here to tell you, has anyone here been involved in a situation where anarchy was happening? A complete lack of rules is actually more oppressive than godly rules. Because when there's a complete lack of rules, everyone is left up to their own devices. And anarchy would be absolutely terrifying. So the freedom that's offered to you and I in Christ is not based on no rules. It's based on a very specific set of boundaries that keep you and I safe. And if we do not learn how to be obedient, we will never be able to experience the fullness of God's blessing because God's freedom is not an absence of rules. It's just very specific boundaries. And God's design for parents and children is that children learn how to obey when they're young, so that as they get older, they will be able to step into the fullness of the freedom that God offers them in Christ. But obedience is the vehicle. Obedience is the vehicle. So children learn to obey. Now, right as you read about children obeying their parents in the Lord, for this is right, automatically for some of us, we go to the exception to the rule. Some of you had parents that were completely off the rails and they asked, expected you to do all sorts of things that are completely ungodly. And I want to apologize to you for that because that's not God's design. God's design, and we're going to see it in a second, is that parents use their power as parents to help children flourish, to help them blossom. But lots of times when you have power, people use it to oppress or hurt. But God never gives us his heart based on the exception to the rule. So for those of you who had atrocious upbringings, I believe God wants to help you to take this step with him in faith, realizing that what you experienced as children is completely opposite of what God wanted for your life. That God did not want you to be hurt as a child. But God doesn't develop how he wants his people to function based on the exception to the rule. He does it based on what his ideal is. And godly parents should be obeyed as children. Colossians chapter 3 verse 20 tells us, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So now we have obey your parents and Lord. And then in Colossians, in all things, it's well-pleasing to God. So the idea here is children are meant to learn how to obey their parents, but you do it in the Lord. You're saying, God, I want to obey you, so I'm going to obey my parents. I'm going to honor my parents. Now look at verse 2, because we start getting quotes here. We have 
Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So this is a quote from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, the fifth commandment, and it's parallel passage, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. It's the fifth commandment. Now notice, honor your father and mother. And he said it's the first commandment with promise. And the promise to children who honor their parents is a long life and spiritual prosperity. Now, if you're me, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm grateful that I'm not, you're thinking, that's a strange promise. But think about it. If your parents love God, and they want the best for you, by you learning to obey, they're going to keep you from all sorts of things that can harm you. There is a great example of this. There is a sports writer named Bill Simmons. And he wrote for ESPN for years. And now he's, I think he's on Monday Night Football, some of the commentary now. He's gotten very, very popular. But for a long time, he used to write all these articles for ESPN. And it's interesting watching Bill Simmons, who's a sports writer, write about these different athletes. And it was interesting because one of the things he would make note of is like someone like Mariano Rivera, who is the now retired closer of the New York Yankees, or somebody like Drew Brees, who's the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. And one of the things that Bill Simmons would do is he, when he would talk about different players, players who were known to be believers, he would say, well, someone like Mariano Rivera, he's 40, but he, He's really like 30 because he's living clean because he follows Jesus. As opposed to someone like Dennis Rodman, who's living like a wild man. And he's saying, well, so Mariano Rivera at 40 and Dennis Rodman at 40, their bodies are in two different places because one guy's living clean and the other guy's living like this is all there is. And it's fascinating to realize that when your parents say, listen, I want you to, I want you to pick up your room and you say, okay, or listen, I don't want you to, to drink or do drugs. You might say, oh, they're oppressing me. They're not letting me blossom. But your parents realize that these things hurt you. How many of you had parents who made you eat your greens for dinner? Anybody like that growing up? Some of you weird folks. I mean, let's be honest, chicken nuggets or broccoli. Now, I, I get some of you are into the broccoli thing, you know, and God bless you. But nobody liked that growing up. If your parents are like, look, I'm going to make you a mixed vegetable salad or I'm going to take you to Burgerville. How many kids are choosing Burgerville? Like all, almost all of them, right? And us too, right? Unless you're being healthy. And I can, I can respect that. But your parents make you eat your greens when they're growing up because they love you. And they realize that if you grow up on a diet of McDonald's and Burgerville, even though it's grass-fed and organic, it's still not going to be great for you. <laughs> so the promise to a child based on God's commandment is that if you obey your parents, they're going to lead you into flourishing and you're going to be able to live a long life and prosper in the midst of it. So children, listen. Obey your parents as unto the Lord because it's right. It's the right thing to do. And listen, I realize for those of you children who are getting older, you think that your parents just don't get it. 
And I'm here to tell you, I know that you think that I thought the same thing. As you get older, you realize your parents get it a lot more than you realize. How many of us thought our parents didn't get it when we were growing up? And how many of you realize that your parents really got a whole lot more than you realized? That's right. I can share stories with you. When I realized that my parents weren't as out of touch as I thought that they were. They saw things from a different vantage point. So we need to learn how to obey as children. Now, a quick note to those of you who are older, you're adults and you have parents. Even though you've made a new family, God still asks us to honor our parents. We live in a culture that doesn't respect people who are farther along in life. Our culture values youthfulness. And it's to our detriment. So although you are your own family, your own person, you're an adult, you still need to honor your parents. And for each one of us, that means different things depending on your relationship. Just because you're an adult, you shouldn't write your parents off. You should still honor them. Because that's still right in the Lord. We need the wisdom of our parents. Even if we choose to make other decisions, give them the opportunity to speak into your life. Speak into your life. Build those relationships. So we need to learn how to obey as children. This is important to the Lord. And then in verse 4, we get to the parents. Look at what it says. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So in verse 4, we need to train up your child. That's what it teaches us. Train up your child. Now, you have to realize that because of the finished work of Jesus, this introduces a fresh element of responsibility to parents to take into account their children's feelings. In Greco-Roman culture, it was very common for parents to, they had absolute authority, specifically the father. It was a patriarchal society. And it was very often just be like, I'm the parent, I'm the dad, you do what I ask. But now the Apostle Paul, talking to fathers and by extension parents, is saying to them, listen, don't provoke your children to wrath. So what that means is that as parents with God-given authority over your family, don't provoke your children to wrath by taking into account how they feel. Now, for those of you who are parents, isn't that kind of hard? You're like just trying to get them to where you need to get them to. And they're just like, but, 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 but. Just the way our Father in heaven takes the time to hear our hearts, even though he knows what's going down, we need to take the time as parents to hear our children's hearts, to take them into account. Listen to Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. We've heard it said as parents that you should break a child's will, but not their spirit. That's a fine line, isn't it? There's a fine line between helping your children to learn how to obey and breaking their spirit so they become discouraged with life. Jesus is real. Children learn to obey. That's what we found in the text today where the Apostle Paul gave the exhortation, Children, obey your parents. As Pastor Daniel explained, the way we deal with our children illustrates, or doesn't, the vitality of God in our lives. 
When they understand they need forgiveness, they understand they need a Savior. A parent's love, just like the father's, will keep children from harm, and they will flourish. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, we come to a passage in Ephesians where Paul is speaking about slaves and masters. Our contemporary view of slavery is fairly specific, and it's far from positive. We'll see what the dynamic was between slaves and masters at this point in history, and see what Paul's words have for us as they relate to our own experiences in the workplace. From employees to bosses, under God, the playing field is level. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio.